Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Park Scope Unprofessional Hi, Podcast Hour. What's up, Joe? Oh, geez, man. It's been a long time, y'all. Man, it's, it's you know, there's only, only one way to go after uh, interviewing the most important guest we've ever had on, and that's bringing all these weirdos back. Joining me tonight <laughs> is Lane. Wow, yeah, Lane. Lane, how are you doing, man? I'm doing spectacular. I got a haircut scheduled for Tuesday in Atlanta, what? Georgia. Oh, uh, one on one with a full wipe down before and after the room. So I'm your boy's gonna be less pushy. Dude, I am Bride of Frankenstein right now. I would I would slap my mother for a haircut. <laughs> in about six hours and you can be here. <laughs> I think I'm gonna come it's, this weekend, Lane. About four to Valdosta. You could probably get some cheap flights out of New York. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Also joining us is Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Got a newborn. I'm getting four to five hours of sleep at a time. It's great. Congratulations. Becoming a professional at the diaper changing. Um, It's not as traumatizing as you might think. It's just, uh, (laughs) you know, you got to do it when it's time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, when they wake up in the middle of the night, you can't hit the snooze button. So you you just have to get up. So that's the kind of things you have to adjust to. That's totally That is great. Also joining us is Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Uh Uh-oh. Don't tell us we lost Nick. (laughs) Apparently we're only allowed to have four people. I'm having flashbacks to the hangouts. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Good. I'm back. Two weeks in a row. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a permanent thing. Nice, that's fantastic. We missed you, uh, Nick. Nick, Joe, back. can you hear me? Yes, Nick. How yeah, are you doing? Yeah, I'm back. How are What's you doing, up? Nick? Um, fighting the good fight with the potato bugs. Uh, God bless. You know, you're you're, Just you're really potato bugs in my garden. <laughs> well, and that's all you got to worry about is potato bugs. I guess you know we ain't got a whole lot going on. That's true. <laughs> so joining this full crowd tonight is uh, a podcasting legend, uh, the the writer to the unofficial guide. We have uh, the head honcho of touringplants.com. You also can listen to him on the Disney Dish with Jim Hill. It's Mr. Len Testa. Len, how are you doing, man? Long time no speak. Good. Good. How's it going, Joe? I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there. I went out today. I went outside my apartment. True. Yes, it was fantastic. I went to – I drove my car. I have to drive my car like every week just so the battery doesn't die. And I drove right. to the gra- <laughs> gas station and like it's like a get-go. So it's like Giant Eagle. So like they have like a full like service like food. It's like a Wawa or a uh, right. a Sheets kind of thing. And I I went there. I, got, I went there for adult supplies, which was a 12-pack of beer and cookies. Um, they had, okay, so- that's not, that's not where I thought that was going. Vastly different definitions for a few things here. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, they, so oh, interesting yeah. things, every single checkout area had plexiglass in front of it. Um, yep. Yeah. they turned oh, every yeah. single, um, like, uh, cashier station into self-checkout except for the beer. Because in Pennsylvania, you have to scan your ID to get beer. So, like, they have one person working behind there. Everything else was sort of like this weird, crazy, like, Mad Max. We just have beer piled up here. You know, like, there's half-stock shelves. 
like it was absolutely insane. But like people were coming in, you know, six feet. Everyone had a mask on. So like everything was going pretty well. But man, it was just super weird to be like going there for so long and then just show up and yeah. it, it feels like it's just it feels like a uh, like a, like a pharmacy at like a hospital where just like, you know, you got the plexiglass, you got like all this stuff. It's just absolutely crazy. But, you know, I guess that's kind of what we're here to talk about is the absolute craziness going on in the world. Um, but thank you uh, for joining us tonight, Len. I appreciate it, especially after spending half an hour trying to figure out how Skype works. We've only been doing this for seven years. <laughs> We've only been doing this for seven years. You think we'd figure it out by now, but I guess not. <laughs> um, it's probably Skype. Yeah, let's let's just play Microsoft. That's kind of the way you need to do that. We have nothing else to do. <laughs> That's true. Um, so let's start off real quick. Um, so there's been a little bit of interesting information going out um, regarding the Bobs, as I as I titled this segment of the show. So. Right. As we all know, Bob Chapek took over as the um, CEO of the Walt Disney Company approximately 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was like the end of February, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was like 90 days ago in like early April, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> months ago, like March, years. Yeah. What is time anyway? Yeah. Right? I, I don't. In the before time. In the before. long, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. COVID, right? Yeah. So he um, took over as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Everyone's like, ooh, what's going on? Um. Because remember, it was pretty. It was pretty sudden, right? Very. I sudden. woke up one Monday morning and was like, "You know what? Done." No, he said, "You know what? Hong Kong and Shanghai are about to have to close. I need to step away from this for a few minutes." <laughs> well, that's the, that's the funny thing. So, so my my thought when he announced his sudden departure was there was something in his uh, retirement package that tied his compensation to like the day he left. You know, the stock price the day he left and he looked at what was going to happen and was like time time to hit my golden parachute right mm-hmm. i think yeah. I, that was like if i had to bet money that's what i would have bet it was um and the interesting thing is then is so, so bob jp takes over and they said that it had been in the works since december sure let's let's go with that um but then like 30 days into this right last week Monday, last Monday, the New York Times breaks this article that Iger was slowly reasserting control. Mm-hmm. And this my my first text was to Jim Hill, and it was, can a golden parachute open twice? <laughs> 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 Literally my first question, like did, like, did he and the board get whatever compensation he was worried about? Did they get that all straightened out? It, uh, because, he, you know, he really wanted to come back. And it was it was also like a, you know we were all joking around like you know Chapek Lager uh, leaving uh, leaving the the keys to his desk you know for Chapek and was like you know good luck bro because of all the things that he was inherit that Chapek was inheriting and you know to be fair Chapek was was stepping into a mess mm-hmm. right and yeah. and a mess or just the the start of the bottom of a cycle like clearly got out right at the top of a cycle. Oh, Iger clearly did. Chapek, Chapek uh, was was stepping in. He was going to be the second captain of the Titanic, right? That's what. <laughs> that's what. That's what that was going. And I, I don't know if maybe Iger felt like felt bad about that. Like that was going to tarnish his legacy as much. Iger has skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. I, I, you know, but yeah, it's very curious now. So now, so now, 
Chapek is still the CEO, but Iger is actually running the company. And then Disney did this weird thing where the they gave Bob Chapek a seat on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he got a, 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 a vote of confidence. And then Iger said in the New York Times article that he discussed it with the board and that when, when they review Chapek's performance in two years, they're going to take all of the extenuating circumstances into account. Like, you mean you wouldn't normally? Like, what? Yeah. what what's the purpose of that sentence in in all of this? Like, I think one of the interesting things is that I did like some research. I'm like, because I was like, Bob Iger's on the board before, like when he was CEO. Yeah. How long did that take before? Yeah. It was seven years <laughs> between him becoming yeah. CEO to being on the board. It took Chapek like two months. And my buddy, <laughs> Andrew Hyde, was like, I think this may be a thing where they're like Iger's taking a little more control and putting him on the board is a situation where they're like, no, we want you to stay around. You're like, yeah, yeah, we know this is all kind of crazy, but please stay with us. Don't leave as CEO in like three months because we think we're just going to kick you out. So I think this is maybe like more of a thing where it's like we're trying to keep like a succession plan because I, I think that's, that's exactly it. I, yeah. think, I think they wanted to send us a symbolic message to not only to Chapek, but to the shareholder saying the, the succession plan that we had in place back in December is still the succession plan. But to your point, yeah, these, these are these are special circumstances. I think yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and, 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 and to be fair, I mean, there's enough work right now in the Disney company for for two bobs. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough stuff to do, right? So it's good to have you know, two people. One wear blue and one wear gray. So you know how that goes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in that in that story, one of them dies. So maybe let's do something something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, never mind. <laughs> So uh, I guess the next topic we have um, is the Disney Cruise Line. Uh, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been following too much of the Disney Cruise Line. Not necessarily my scene, but I know Lane has. And Len. Len! So. <laughs> I have so many questions. I'm so excited. So they have stuff booked for a year and a half out at the highest yep. prices that they've ever booked people as early as possible, right? Yeah. Which I mean, kind this, of insulates this, this, them from this, something this. like this because they have a backlog until like June of next year. Yeah, a, a couple of things going for them. One, they only have four ships right now. Number two, uh, the people who cruise on them are, are relatively more affluent and relatively younger than most um, most other cruise lines, right? Because Disney specializes in kids, they get a younger demographic and, uh, and, and and they make more money, right? Disney caters to the top 20% of American households by wealth. Um, so those two things will, will, will help them out. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult time to be, to be in the cruise industry. I haven't heard anything about Disney asking for specific assistance on the cruise line, like carnival Royal, all of them are saying, you know, they need, uh, they need government bailouts. From Disney the ha- Bohemian from- government or the, the Cayman <laughs> government? Which one? <laughs> that, was, that was one of the, the best Bohemian lines that, I, that I've heard in this, in this whole thing. It was, it was uh, some representative in Congress when uh, – I think it was think Ted, Ted, La- Ted Lau, I think, from California or something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. Well, why don't you ask the government of Liberia <laughs> what, what kind of aid that they, they, can, they can afford for your packets they can come up with? Yeah, that was, that was hysterical. It, it's true, right? They, they they do it to avoid taxes and U.S. regulation. They, the vast majority of people they employ are outside the United States. I 
I don't know that the U.S. taxpayers need to be on the hook for saving those particular companies. The, the broader concern that you have to look at right, for the economy is uh, the number of travel agents and travel agencies who mm-hmm. depend on those cruise lines for commission and uh, and how much money that is. I don't, I don't know which... I don't know if that, uh, how much that's worth to the, to the U.S. government, but we have to be cognizant of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the, the strange thing to me is this. Right now, the wonder is actually at sea. It's floating. Yeah, it's off the coast of, it's off the coast of San Diego right now. I, yeah. s- I saw... Um, yeah, um, sailing around. Yeah, DCL blog um, tweeted that out. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, Scott wanted him to do a funny shape. He said, do a funny shape. Yeah, <laughs> like, Scott's like, like, like now, now would be the time to do like the Mickey Mouse head, right? Yeah. Scott's like, can you and write out killer clowns from outer space out in, wa- in water? <laughs> <laughs> For me, thank you. And the uh, the fantasy is over by Gorda K. Hmm. And I, I wonder, like, why are they... Uh, one reason why they might be at sea is there's simply not enough space in port for all the ships that need to be anchored. Yeah. Right, but they're just taking yeah. turns, uh, you know, doing it. That might be one thing. Another thing too is, I think while they're while they're, the there are people on the ship, don't they have aren't there regulations about how often they have to practice certain things like lifeboat drills and whatnot? I mean, that doesn't that doesn't go away just because there aren't any passengers, right? They still have to do it for the crew. Probably, yeah, because huh. crews are still on, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, if some, you had your contract ship, yeah. through this year, and I guess you can't send them home, that there's you know twelve hundred people on all four of those boats just floating. Yeah. Just Are they all just yeah, like yeah. chilling in the pool, drinking drinks, watching movies, or like what? <laughs> I have a feeling there's always something to do. So there's always work to be done on a boat. Yeah. I, I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you, let me ask you guys this question. Okay, so let's say Disney says, "All right, we're going to start sailings again in July." What would it take for for you guys to get on a ship? Oh, I'd nope. be on it. I'd be <laughs> on the first one. Uh, time, availability, money. Uh, money. Yeah. Uh, Carnival yeah. cruise line prices. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think Disney does an incredible job of keeping clean, and that's why I've continued to go back to them. And, and I kind of do trust them to keep a clean ship. Um, yeah. I'm not going to be the one scared to go on a cruise ship. And that's why I'm kind of excited is prices are going to drop because a, a portion of that people, a portion of the people that go on cruises are going to say, nope, not now. Yeah, well, it's I, funny. I've been, track, I've been tracking cruises, uh, cruise prices a year out, and they've not dropped. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of wondering. We still need to learn more about the virus, I think, because like we're still finding yeah. out things of how it spreads that, you know, like if we're finding something where, oh, wow, you add a carbon filter to everything, you know, like the aerosol – you know, the way it spreads to the air, it's like c- completely killed in the air conditioning systems. Well, that completely changes, you know, like how if you fly or if you, you know, take a cruise or something like that. So for me, it really comes down to like, you know, like what kind of discoveries we, we make and then what kind of precautions they take to address that. Because like, hey, like if, if Disney Cruise Line's like 700 bucks for like, you know, a long weekend or whatever, yeah, I'll fly down and do it. But like, like I, I kind of need to know a little bit more information. Now, do we think it's going to hurt cruising in general long term if they say maybe people over 65 shouldn't do this? Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. if there's federal suggestions for the next two years it's that, hey, yeah, what is it? What is it? probably Silver, shouldn't. Yeah, like Silver Seas, I think they're, 
their average age is above 65. Uh, yeah. 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 It's that all going to be would... Grant party boats. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, not now. He's uh, he's playing for Tampa Bay now. So uh... I know. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've, I would, I've been telling people, I, I will go to a park as soon as it opens, not because I want to demonstrate my, you know, invincibility or whatever, but I genuinely miss the parks. I genuinely yeah. miss being in them. Amen. Uh, you know, right. and I would, I would go on a, I would go on a ship too, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, I wear gloves and a mask and things like that. But um, I've, I've, you know, I've never gotten sick on a ship before. Mm-hmm. Rock on wood. It's kind yeah. of one of those situ- It's one of those situations where, like, yeah, like it's getting the point where I'm like, I like it's so bad. I'm like, I would ride Fast and Furious supercharged. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! It's like oh, I yeah, just. I, I, wanted... standard line is I, I just want to go on Space Mountain and touch my face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, I just want to I mean... build my lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> I think what we'll we'll see is um, because I think Las Vegas wants to open June one. They they want to open yesterday. I think. Yeah, I mean they would they would like to open today, right? (laughs) They would love to never close. (laughs) Yeah, they're looking. They're looking. I think at June first, and I think the procedures that you'll see in place for Vegas will be some of the ones that are adopted elsewhere in the travel industry. Like the things that I've heard are. When you check in, you'll get masks and gloves, Oof. right? And you'll be you'll be temperature checked whenever you go into a restaurant or a casino or something like that. Which I don't know how you do that. How you temperature check people in the desert in summer? Like, isn't everyone automatically 120 degrees? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the, that was the big thing that you brought up that I never thought. I was like, okay, you can do te- like so. My work, they're starting temperature checks tomorrow in order to get yeah. into the facility. Luckily, I'm working from home, so I'm just like roll out of bed at like 7.55 and I'm there for 8, eight o'clock, you know, check-in. But like, yeah. but like, I'm in Pittsburgh. Like, you know, it's, it, right now it is currently 40 degrees outside. It's not like sure. in Florida when it's like 110 and all of a sudden every yeah. temperature scan doesn't work. Um, right. If, I, if, I've, thing. if I've just waited in a, a line a quarter mile long in July to get to the, the temperature scan place, my my sense is my body temperature will be above ninety eight point six. What happens? What happens then? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think this is a good segue into kind of like the what I like to call the path forward. I was going to write an article on it, but like it didn't like really gel, and like we didn't know enough. But I, I like talking about it. It's like what's kind of like the way that they could reopen the parks because like. Like we mentioned oh, this, like temperature checks, you know, gloves, masks, like, again, like my company is providing people masks, like every, every employee who works in our facility, um, gets two masks a day. Now, uh, you can like, I, I guess the idea is that if you need to change it for lunch, you know, that's what you're going to do. But like, like, like kind of what's going on? Like, like I, I, I yeah. So, so I guess the best way to, to, to kind of like frame it. It's like, Len, what are you kind of thinking? And then we can maybe add in our ideas and what we've seen and heard. Uh, but there, there are so many tricky things. So I think mm-hmm. the the first thing I was thinking of was you know, Disney needs to get more money, as, as much money as possible to reopen the parks, right? They, they, uh, they need to pay the employees, get the employees back to work, things like that. So my first idea was you, you only open the parks to people who have Disney Resort reservations. 
And that does two things. One, it gets Disney the extra revenue mm-hmm. for, for the hotels. But number two, it provides some level of contact tracing, right? Yeah. If you need to, to contact everybody that was in Walt Disney World for whatever reason, you have a list of them because they stayed at the hotel. And they all have trackers. Yeah. Right. They've all got magic bands. Right. They've all got magic bands. Right. Um, so I think that's that's thing number one. And I think we can all understand if Disney did that. Right. If Disney said, "Look, we're only going to resort. We're only going to open this up to resort guests to begin with," I'm I'm down with that. We would all understand the economic argument that Disney would make there. I think we would all support it. Right. Absolutely fine. Um, and they have a backlog. Yeah. Because people are it, scheduled to stay in those hotels still. Right, exactly. As of June, June one, right? The reservations are still around. I don't, I don't think. Len, what's the resort capacity? So that's a good question. Um, so they've got around. If you count Disney Springs hotels, I think they've got around thirty six thousand hotel rooms. Okay. Figure, I think, uh, and I think the Orlando Visitor and Convention Bureau says there's around three point two people per group um, that visit Orlando. So thirty six thousand, you know, times three point two, put one hundred and ten thousand people. Um, I don't know that you could fit 110,000 people in the parks with social distancing right now, even if you opened all four. I, I, that would be, that might be pushing it. Um, but, but yeah, there, there, there's enough in the, in the hotels, let's say, to, uh, to do that. The other question you would run into is, do you really want all you know, 3,600 rooms or whatever it is at All Star Music? completely full <laughs> on day one because you have, you have to feed them, right? And then you have to transport them. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. You got to do phases. I would, I would think so. Um, I think phases are, phases are an option. The, the next thing that they run into though, so let's say you've got people in hotels. Obviously, you've got to feed them. You could do things like um, just give everybody boxed meals. Like there's no waiting in line for a hamburger or anything like that. You get you get boxed meals that they've prepared, uh, and that's it. And again, it's social distancing, and everyone kind of accepts it. Is that sort of like the box meals they had at the Polynesian during the hurricane, or like what? Right, exactly, something like that. Yeah, for you know, for a month or so, we're gonna do, we're gonna do, which is what we've all been doing anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, My favorite restaurant is now takeout. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Every, every, everything is takeout. Mm-hmm. I get it. I you know I can kind of see my way to that. Um, then the, the next, so let's say you get everybody fed at the hotels. Now you've got to get them to the parks. And this is the thing I don't, I'm not quite sure about. I'd love to hear your opinion on, do we, do we use the buses and the monorail and the Skyliner or do we let people drive? Yeah, that's crazy. There's pros and cons, right? If you drive, you, you can do the social distancing easier, but if you drive, then you have to recheck everyone because there could be some people coming in from off-site, off-site yeah. that now you've got to check. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the weird thing is like, so online there was a, um, somebody like, I don't know, because like, I guess there's people who are super bored at home and all they can worry about are theme parks, uh, which I mean, speak, speak. Sorry, like, I can't relate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's us. But like these people are on like Facebook <laughs> and they're just like writing up like, this is totally a plan I heard one of my friends say is happening. And one of the things are like monorails aren't running, ferries are running like with social distancing, but they never mentioned the buses or the Skyliner, which so like perfect. perfect for social distancing. Yeah. You could yeah. just put in one group and send them off and you're good to go. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they were basically doing that anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
if there's only certain hotels open, let's just say at the beginning, oh, you just yeah. run more. You just run more buses and to that one hotel. Exactly. And you limit how many people are on each bus. That's the you, best move. Run the sky. Right, so you could go even farther, further, and you could say only certain resorts go to only certain parks every day. So let's say, mm-hmm. you know, value resorts get the Magic Kingdom on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Deluxe and Moderate get it, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, what about, like, or my suggestion is, like, what about just running the resorts that have the Skyliner? Like, that's that's all it is. Like, you know, you have Art Animation, which is a, you know, you have Art Animation Pop Century. Then you got yep. Coronado Springs, and then maybe the Epcot Resorts, since that's just walking. The problem there, is that's right. Wow, that's right. Yeah. Ep- so Epcot Resorts, you'd get Epcot in the studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and get. You can. Yeah. You got Boardwalk, Swan Dolphin, Yacht Beach. So there's well, five right think, there. I definitely think one of the one of the parks that's going to open. I think the Magic Kingdom and the studios are the two parks to open first. Yeah. Just your point. And I didn't think of this before, but you make a great point that um, you can walk to the studios. You've eliminated then not only that, not only can you walk, but if you needed the social distance. I mean, we've all been we were all in line for Rise of the Resistance, right? That line was like uh, half a mile long. Exactly. Right? Yeah. On, on opening night day, we could do that again, right? Yeah, they can handle that. Yeah, that's a good idea. The other, but the other thing is like, so you open Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. And you open, you know, Magic Kingdom. And I think, obviously, one of the, the, the things you need to open is Animal Kingdom because you have, like, SeaWorld, it's a sunk cost. Like, you're still caring for those animals. Yeah. Like, like you know, the pirates don't need to be fed in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? <laughs> right. But, but like, you know, you got to keep feeding the animals. So, like, you should probably get yeah. Animal Kingdom open. But, like, also remember that, you know, Epcot is mostly run by college program, international college program. Um, yeah. I think I think Epcot, all that stuff. Epcot they they leave closed and they just they try and catch up on the construction. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes sense. Yeah. Or they only open Future World. Ah. I was the, I was the uh, World Showcase. Wouldn't they wouldn't they open World Showcase and let the construction happen in Future well, World? World Showcase is, unless they're going to just run countries with with restaurants. Just let it be the bar. Let it be a restaurant. <laughs> I could do that. You to drink, right? I mean, let's, let's or, be honest. Or, literally, don't run the rides or shows. Just have it be a could restaurant and drink district. They yeah. could. Yeah, they could do whatever they yeah. want. They own it. Guys, yeah. I've been doing that for 10 years. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you can have all the kiosks. Yeah. Well, and yeah that's, well, plus, you make... you've, got, you've got theater presentations in, in China, Canada, France. In the United States Pavilion, and you could do social distancing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I, that's not a bad idea. Just shut shut down Future World. Be like, fu- like World Showcase is opening at ten a.m., closes at nine. Yeah, food, drink, theaters only, totally they, free for all resort guests. Don't just like wouldn't have to even open your it cart. up at ten. Just open it up yeah. at like four o'clock. That's fair too. Yeah, just be like, yeah, four o'clock. Do a half know. day. Yeah, and let that be where you funnel all the locals into. Well, well I think that's. I think Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Well, in Animal Kingdom, right? Because you would say if we're not going to do bus transportation there for resort guests, you have to drive to Animal Kingdom, and that's the only place you can drive to, hmm. or something like that at first, and that's where you funnel your local annual pass holders to, since you already have to run it anyway with the animals. Hmm. At first, so you, you segment the uh, you segment the locals. Oh, so you could do? Huh, that's interesting. 
it's not a bad idea. Yeah, there's. I, I think there's just a million ways to do this, and it feels yeah. like they're going to figure out one way and open it, and it's gonna it's gonna be like Rise of Resistance. They're gonna do one way to do it, and it's gonna blow up, and they're gonna try it again the next day, and they're gonna keep trying until yeah. they get it right. Which and is the big thing. No, nobody expects it, them to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, off we one of the days we were kicking around, and I had asked a guy on my team to figure this out. Was let's say that you you had to. For whatever reason, right? Let's say you you had to scan people as they entered the Magic Kingdom, like because you're letting people drive, or you just want to be absolutely certain that no one's just walking in off the street, right? Where do you put those lines in the Magic Kingdom to scan people before they get in the parks like, while maintaining social distancing? And the idea that we had was you uh, you stop using the bus drop off in the magic kingdom and you put people there because you can put a lot of people in lines there and you don't open bay lake tower and you use bay lake towers parking lot as the magic wow. kingdom bus drop off point yeah an idea. just do it mm -hmm. at the ttc we well, could but then how are you going to get them back and forth i guess you could bust them again right but if you're so checking you them right before you put them on the boat if you're checking yeah, them, sure. Yeah, if you're checking them, yeah, then it's a closed loop, right? Yeah, then you're fine. You would ha you still have to worry about people who are Ubering in. Like, let's say I decide to Uber to the corner of the Contemporary in the Magic Kingdom, mm -hmm. and then I just you would ever do that. Never I do that literally no, every single time. No, I go never to done Kingdom, that. Right? Never no. done that in my life. I don't know what you're talking right. about. But then, but then, how do you how do you track that, right? Or maybe just mm -hmm. don't let people in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what do we do with what do you do with people who are going to uh, who are staying at the contemporary, or maybe you don't. Maybe they're just not coming from the contemporary. Maybe just close that too. Just maybe. close that walkway. Yeah, close the walkway. Only run the monorail from the contemporary to the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. Uh, uh, huh. Yeah, I think the important thing is for them to establish a perimeter, right? To say, here's here's the closed loop, and once you're in the the loop. You know, you still have to wear the masks and the gloves and everything, but once you're tested, you know, we're not going to stop you in adventure land and, and arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing that they've got to figure out. Mm -hmm. That and enforcement, especially with masks. Like they, can, they can say you need a mask to get in the park, but then if people are just taking them off right away once they get in. Oh, yeah. Because I, really I could definitely see, like, you know, a family of, like, four or five when they're just, like... You know, like like the like the mom's like, okay, we're in. Take off your masks. It's like, you know, you can't do that. But also, like then, yeah. also on the other hand, like what you know, kids kids aren't gonna wear masks. Like, yeah, Amelia, I, I don't even know how my daughter's three, Lynn. I don't even know how I would keep a mask on her. She has one that my wife made, and she like wears it some. It's like cutesy and stuff, but she doesn't. You know, she's not gonna keep it on. So I don't know. I was like at the grocery store, and like they had like a family, like it was like a mom, grandma, two kids. And they all had face masks on, but the kids were grabbing the face. Like, if you know proper donning and doffing technique, they're taking, yeah. like, they were taking the sides of the mask with their fingers that they were touching everything with and, like, pulling them, like, out and letting them smack mm -hmm. back in the face and just breathing in. It's like, it, it, yeah, how do you... How do the exact you, opposite how, of what you'd want to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, well, how, do you, how do you police that? How do you police any of that? Like, it's, it's almost impossible. And see... And like Amelia tries to take hers and pulls it up to cover up her eyes because it's a mask and she thinks you need to cover your face with the full mask. And <laughs> so trying to get her to understand that, 
you know, has been fun, but she's still touching her face when she's doing that, which you, I'm not going to get her to stop touching her face. She's three. So, right. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. And, and like, it's just a bigger question. It's like, yeah, it, it's, I don't know what I, it, it's really hard. It's, it's a really hard problem. And I guess maybe this is why we're all talking about it on a podcast at nine o'clock at night on a Tuesday, <laughs> instead of actually like being the industrial engineers figuring this out. I'm just glad I did not buy her annual pass yet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so, Len, uh, yep. next question. You, you're you currently writing the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World for 2021. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's on hold currently, but I, I, I was through about five chapters of it, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I guess that answers the first question, writing a book during a, a book for <laughs> and during an epidemic is that answer. Uh, it's on hold. Um, uh, I, I guess the next question would be, um, so one of the things you brought up when I was sent, like, so behind a little bit of, uh, making the sausage here is like, mm-hmm. you know, I contact someone like, okay, let's see, like, Hey, does it work for you? Like, are you cool? Yeah, whatever. Here's the show notes. And then we get ideas. So, um, one of the things that, um, touring plans has been really focusing on, which is really super cool is a, a lot about Priceline deals and hotel yeah. deals. Um, you get you guys heard this story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Len, right. I, I don't know, Len. I write for touring plans. I don't know if you knew that, right? I, I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just making sure because that's like one of those I, things. I, where I, I was. I, I knew you did. I knew if everyone else had heard the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My, my apologies. I'm like I'm just making sure because I'm like I'm in the Slack and I'm like okay, what's? I'm yeah, like this yeah, is fascinating. Yeah. yeah so it's it's a fa- <laughs> so there's uh the best new uh hotel deals and you guys are adding a bunch of stuff about this in the in the book so i'll let you yeah. explain the story and explain how you're adding it to the book so sure i'll let, let Disney, go ahead. stop listening right now yeah <laughs> no, 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 no. yeah every right. year i try and do a major research piece about accommodations right because along with um tickets and uh tickets and food Lodging are one of your three big expenses, along with you know, transportation, is, is the fourth. Um, and for tickets, we I think we have the, the least expensive ticket calculator that saves people a ton of money. I think that's pretty well nailed down. But we've, we've always tried to tell people where to find the best deals, depending on what they want, what kind of accommodation they wanted. Like if you wanted a $35 a night, hotel in uh in 192 i actually did that two years ago I, I tried to find i tried to find the best hotel under 50 dollars and under um in on in, in kissimmee and that did not work out right um <laughs> at, at all it was very, um, laurel laurel amazingly did not leave me during that trip um but this year the thing that we were interested in doing is saying definitively if you want to stay at this kind of hotel whether it's a value resort, a moderate resort, a deluxe, a DVC, whatever. If you want to stay at this kind of hotel, here is the specific place to check for the absolute best deals. And so that was the, the focus of the research for the accommodations chapter. And, and that started off with uh, the work that John Tierney did on, on our site um, with the Priceline Express deals. I think that's a, that's a fantastic resource. That works really, really well if you... You're going like within 30 days and you're not particularly uh, sensitive about where did you stay. Like if you, if you're okay with any of the all-star resorts or Caribbean beach or animal kingdom lodge, which I think are the, the hotels that typically come up the most. If you're fine with any of that, 
you know, then there are instances where you could find a hotel room for $46 a night on Priceline. And John's technique for doing that is like almost 100%. I think it is 100%. So we had that one nailed down. But, but what if you wanted like a DVC resort? What, what, where are the discounts there? Obviously, Disney, you know, uh, offers discounts on those, but are those the best discounts? So I started doing some research and I found, uh, are you guys familiar with uh, the DVC rental places that have mm-hmm. newsletters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are some fantastic deals. Um, so the the place that we thought had the best um, last minute DVC deals was this place called dvcreservations.com. And, and I'm not, we're, we're not affiliates. I don't know those people. We have no business relationship, whatever. Um, but so that's, so I'm not, I'm not getting paid to endorse them. Um, but, uh, their newsletter has some amazing numbers. So for example, um, you could get like $215 a night deals for 355 square foot rooms at Saratoga Springs where Disney's website's quoting the same thing for 480, right? Mm -hmm. That's more than 50% off. And, and, and that, that kind of deal that's only $23 more than they were charging for pop century for those nights. <laughs> right. So would you, would you stay in a studio in Saratoga Springs for $23 more a night than what you would pay for pop century? For a lot of people, the answer to that is yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and as you want more space in a DVC, the deals, you know, get, get better. So, um, when I was looking for March and April dates, again, this was back in late February before all this stuff started, um, you could get one-bedroom rates at Old Key West for 310 a night. That's 714 square feet. I mean, that's it was cheaper than a moderate. That's pretty good. Yeah. So th- uh, those are the places. Uh, so for TVC, that's, that's where it's at. Or if you just need a little bit more space. I think last-minute reservations. Or, or where it's at now. The interesting thing is going to come up now when um, because there are people who, who haven't been able to use their DVC points for you know let, let's say you know three months when when Disney reopens or four months or whatever. There's going to be a huge backlog of points, buildup of points, right? And some people will use them in 2020, but some people will bank them to 2021. And you guys know that DVC resorts typically run it in like 95 to 99 percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there there may not be enough rooms. To hold all of the people who At want to go. Those sizes, though. Well, DVC rooms in general, right? There's there there could potentially be more points on the market than they have rooms for. Rooms, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might, so they took they took let's say let's say that we missed three months of 2020. That's 25 percent of the year's capacity. Those things typically run at 95 percent capacity. You can't you can't just make up the twenty five percent right. That's very very difficult to do. They could move people around, right? I think uh, one of the questions I was asking uh, Mike Scopa the other night was, if uh, uh, or Mike Newell, if you if if you let's say you're booked at a studio at Old Key West, right? What's a comparable room in a cash hotel in Walt Disney World that you would accept for those points? Like, what would you trade? Would you trade a room at the Grand Floridian for a room for a studio at the uh, at Old Key West. Like if you're at Old Key West in a studio and they put you in an outer building at Grand Floridian, would you take that as a trade straight up? Yes, unless you needed a laundry machine. Like, 
I don't think the, stu- the studios at Old Key West don't have laundry machines. That's too yeah, they don't. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, if you're a family of well, six well, or something, then you're not going to want to stay at a two bed. Well, you're not. You're not in a studio because it, it doesn't. It doesn't sleep. It doesn't. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. So, yeah, so let's say, but, but, you know, let's let's say it's two or three people, right? Two or three people in a studio. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you go to Would you go to Wilder's Lodge? Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's there there is Absolutely. room at. Uh, there is room at those resorts. <laughs> uh-huh. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you go to Coronado Springs? Yeah. 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 What about the Skyliner? Because the Skyliner does go to Coronado Springs. Right. So that you're looking at something like that. Like, could you? Yeah. Yeah. Or instead of a one bedroom, let's say they give you two rooms at uh, Caribbean Beach. Would you do it then? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so there is some flexibility there. And if you're a. Uh, uh, and I think Disney's going to do some horse trading like that. I think they almost have to, given the number of points mm-hmm. they're going to be in play. And I'm super <sighs> excited to see what those deals are. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. And and so I was listening to the Disney Dish Day uh, with with Mr. Jim Hill. Thank you. Uh, Dave, there <laughs> we go. Uh, but uh, so, and I think one of the interesting things that you brought up was like, well, you know, it's not just about what kind of hotels you can trade with, but what about... Well, yeah, well, well, that wasn't us. That wasn't us. That wasn't us. That was Um, Yeah, like, could you start trading, like, you know, perks? Like, could you, like, so so one of the things you were were throwing in, like, you know, like, what what about, like, rise resistance guarantees? Or, like, or maybe another suggestion would be, like, well, you know, I understand you. I understand, Mr. You know, Testa, you always go to Old Key West and you've been going there since 1991. But, and we understand that you're, you know, have your 50 year relationship with us and blah, blah, blah. But if you're considering, you know, if you would consider our deal to go to, you know, you know, uh, Caribbean Beach Resort with our two room deal, we will throw in an extra one or two Fast Pass Plus reservations per day that you or, can book. Or, you know, quick service dining plan. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a perfect. lot that they could do with that. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a you know a, a quick service a you know uh, you know the, the the new plus thing uh, the dining plus or whatever they called it or you know like what about just you know just a snack plan you know I completely forgot about the Disney dining plan plus I forgot yeah remember <laughs> yeah, when that happened meals. that happened <laughs> yeah remember that thing <laughs> yeah that happened like, like a month and a half ago, ago. yeah um right. it's. It's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, they could be like, well, we have the snack plan. So you can get all these free snacks when you're in the in the park, you know, like. Why haven't they done a snack plan yet? That's like the the next combination, right? It's coming. There's so many ideas. Yeah. I would get a snack plan before I got uh, an actual dining plan. Actually, I would too. Like, And would you pay $25 a day for it though? Because you'd get a refillable mug. A refillable mug and three snacks? Maybe 20 bucks a day? Deal. That's a steal. That sounds deal. good. Good to me. So Len, so one of the best things ever, Len, was uh, mm-hmm. I think two years ago at Halloween Horror Nights, or one or two cool. years ago, there was a the annual, greatest deal ever. The greatest deal ever. It was mm-hmm. an annual pass holder mug you could buy, like a, uh, a Coca Cola freestyle piece. mug, you know. And Joe what, bought two. Yeah, because I actually <laughs> left it somewhere. But anyway, um, what it was was basically um, I think it was like thirty dollars. Oh, and the idea nice. was like, why? So it would be good for the length of the event. So it was like, you know, two months or whatever. But, and this is the big part, it worked whenever the park was open. 
So, really? so it was from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> so, so like free soda every day that you were in the park. Well, so for now, me, so all day long. Yeah, were, you, were you like mailing that to your friends when you were done? <laughs> yeah, I, no, exactly. I should have, but um, but no, my big thing was like, so you could like, so I, you could go there and like it was a thing where you could just get ice and water, like because like normally oh. like you couldn't like get that like you'd get that in like the small little you know like oh here's, yeah, here's your the... mouth rinse cups you know sizes <laughs> exactly you, yeah. you can get a giant thing or you get Powerade you know or something like that Ooh. where you're just like so like I would just. I would have it, you'd go, you'd fill it up with Powerade, and you guys would just, and it was like 30 bucks. And like, that's the thing is like, if Disney sold like a, tw- or, or Universal or someone sold a, you know, $20 a day snack thing, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to buy a probably, you know, a pretzel, a Mickey sa- ice cream sandwich, and a pop, or a Powerade. That what, covers it already. Pop. <laughs> pop. He's from Pittsburgh. Let him go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm from Cleveland <laughs> slash Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Um, uh, uh, sorry, a, co- a, a soda slash Coke, but, um, <laughs> it's a great, I, I think it's a great deal. And, and, and plus yeah. you lock people in, like, even if they don't buy it, it's like 20 bucks extra. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll buy it. You know, that kind and of thing. You can't, you can't drink $20 worth of soda. I mean, it's just, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. No, um, I can't. Not, not, a, not, a, uh, not, a not at Disney. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, not Disney. at Disney. Yeah. Yeah, Disney prices. That's like three cups, right? But four cups, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, they cost them a nickel or whatever. At wholesale, it yeah. becomes like Homer eating the donuts, where they're just like exactly. eating him yeah. constantly. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's a great deal. But yeah. Anyway, going back yeah, to is... where we were going back in the- I just uh, I just envisioned Chapek doing the Grinch grin right now whenever y'all said y'all pay 20 bucks for that. Like his smile just starts curling up. It'll be, be, 20, it'll be 25 next week, yeah. So three, three snacks and a drink. Slap some char- characters on the side, you can charge 30. <laughs> that boy holds so much soda. <laughs> Slap proof. <Yeah. laughs> Slap lid. This boy. This bad boy. Man, these are good ideas. These are some good ideas. Um, Len, is there anything else about the unofficial guide twenty twenty one you would like to talk about? I mean, there's the the big things. Obviously, we're working on uh, you know touring plans for uh, for all of the new rides for uh, Remy, for Guardians of the Galaxy, for Tron. Um, we'll see what happens with those. I'm, I think that whenever the parks reopen, Remy will be the first thing to uh, to open back up because it's so close to being done. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a little surprised they didn't. I mean, I know they had a uh, uh, they had some uh, governor's orders that they needed to to work around, but I'm moderately surprised that they uh, they decided to halt construction as early as they did on Remy because it was so close to being done. Yeah, because but, but do you think was, it is done? I think it's. I think yeah. I think it's. It's probably pretty close. What were they? They were three months out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they were. Uh, they were very very close. Because mm-hmm. like Universal hasn't stopped construction at all. Mm-mm. I know. So my, what I heard is that Disney, if you have, if they're using outside contractors, they're still pay, paying them and they're still doing construction. Oh so, really? I didn't know that. So that's that. That's the rumor I heard from Eyes in the Sky Bio Reconstruct is that <laughs> if you're st- like so basically Guardians Tron you know like those like if if you still have like you know the outside third party con- constructors they're still paying them but it's when you start getting down to like internal w- uh, WDW or WDI or anything like that like where you would be with right. Rat 
that's where you're kind of looking at things being delayed because they're not paying internally. So I think that may be where Oof. some projects may be moving ahead while others may be falling behind. And it's like a right. weird kind of mix right now. Um, plus you're facing other things like like how many people in WDI are still working or are they furloughed or like anything of that right. nature. So it's, it's all over the place, I think. Um, yeah. So, but I, I know Universal Soul going ahead. Um, the Velocicoaster Soul will go. They're still yes. working on. Yeah, they're still Horror working. Nights. Yeah, they're still working on Horror Nights. Uh, they're still working on Epic Universe. So those are all kind of weird things up in the air right now. But yeah, it's just been absolutely fascinating to see what's happening and stuff. So I'm surprised that the, the Universal is still working on on things. That's good. That's a good sign. Yeah. I well, I mean, I think the I mean the positive is like. You know, they still have, like, the phone, cable, internet profits that are coming in. While Disney, everything's right. just kind of dried up. It's like, sure. you, you can't spend money you don't have, necessarily, unless you want to ask, you know, for $13 billion of loans. <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, yeah, let's talk about some positives, shall we? Let's talk about some actual theme parks, because, man... Yeah. I, I I need some good stuff in my life right now. Um, so Len, uh, one mm-hmm. one of the things you were talking about, and I put in the show notes. Um, I, I was kind of wondering, um, what are the thoughts on um various attractions that have been open or opening recently, um, in, in the parks? And I I listed some of like the most recent ones and some other things we can talk about. Um. Uh, <laughs> But so so I guess the first question, Len, is um how how has been the um reception to uh Star Wars uh Galaxy's Edge been with the parks? I think the the rides have been received really, really well on both mm-hmm. coasts. So Millennium Falcon, um all of our age groups, uh except for preschoolers, give the ride four point five stars. So grade schoolers, teens. Uh, young adults <laughs> over 30s and seniors. Yeah, I I don't think it's quite that good, but okay, fair enough. L- lens on our page um, with lens lens with us on Millennium Falcon. Uh, well, so we're all good. I, I mean, I I think it's worse than supercharged. So whoa, I, I think I give it three and a half stars. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it it's a waste of a classic property as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. It, it could have been. It could have been so much more. Um, but the good news is, I think you know, Rise of the Resistance is the best ride that they've done like in thirty years. I, I think yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Every age group gives it five stars. It's the highest rated thing in any Disney or Universal theme park in the United States. Um, it's uh, and Avatar, by the way, is number two. Uh, oh. uh, well. The only group, the only group <laughs> that doesn't give it five stars is preschoolers. What do they know about anything? <laughs> right. You definitely don't know about the Navi. Yeah, right. I said this. I said this during um, Epcot Forever. You know, because like the narrators in Epcot Forever are children, and and I turned to someone on opening night, and I'm like, I don't need children ever to explain to me what anything in the theme park is about, because they don't know. Right? Like, <laughs> kids, kids don't know anything. They, you don't. You don't need to explain anything to me. I don't need to hear your opinion. It's fine. Oof. It's true, right? Like, it's title. not about Epcot. Do I want, do I want an eight-year-old to explain to me what Epcot means? No, I do not. Right. 
Um, but no, the rivalry. New world. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. Um, but yeah, Rise is a fantastic ride. Um, I think. I, I hope that they uh, once they're able to bring construction people back, that they can iron out. They can use the time to iron out some of the technical difficulties with that because they were sort of on the upswing in, in terms of getting capacity up on that ride. Um, so that was good. I think. Uh, did you guys get a chance to ride Mickey Me's Runaway Railway? No, 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 I didn't. Okay. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's uh, if you like oh. the Mickey and Me new cartoons, you will love this ride. Um, and every age group rates that very highly. Um, preschoolers give it four and a half stars. Uh, grade schoolers give it five stars. Teens, again, uh, no need to listen to a teen ever about anything. Four stars. Cynical jerks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, young adults over thirties and seniors, I'll give it four and a half stars. I think it's worth four and a half stars. I think it's a great ride. Nice. Uh, very much in the vein of the, of the new cartoons, depending on where you're sitting in the ride, whether uh, if you're at the front of the train or the back of the train, you actually get two completely different experiences. Um, and so that's good. So it's rewritable and there's so many things to see on the ride that you could, I think I've been on it six times now and I, I see new things every time I'm on it. And I think that's a great new addition for that park. It's not an e-ticket, um, but it's the kind of thing that Hollywood studios needs more of. So yeah, yeah fantastic there. Uh, universal with Hagrid's super popular, um, five stars across the board, except for preschoolers. We give it four stars again. The again, what there. do they know? <laughs> yeah, what do they know about anything? Exactly. Um, the the thing there is it obviously it needs to run consistently. So hopefully we'll oh, take some yeah. time yeah. To, uh, to get that. But yeah, but I mean, if you think about that, right? So the last four big rides that have opened have all been very, very good across the parks. Exceptionally That's, good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, classics, right? Mm-hmm. Things we'll talk about for years. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like Sitch's Great Escape and Journey into Your Imagination. And, you know, Does like, that mean... That We're one. about to get a drought, y'all. No, no. I think I think, I think Remy no. would be good. Um, I, I mean, Remy we know what's gonna be like because it's already in Paris. Tron, we know it's it's gonna be decent because it's already in uh, Shanghai. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and Guardians. I mean, look at the size of the building, right? I think Guardians yeah. is gonna be like the big sleeper hit that everyone's like kind of down on. Like I know, it, yeah. I know it's a huge big Disney coaster, and everyone's like, I think it's gonna be more popular than the uh, the Moana water feature. You think? Um, oh. Which one's gonna actually? Oh. Which one's gonna be actually open? Because one's under construction right now, Len. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Um, and Velocicoaster next year it's gonna be incredible. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a really born stuntacular. Born's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, I think we're and then plus you're looking still at like everything that Disney's gonna be building, and then you're looking at what's gonna come online with Epic Universe, and yeah, you're gonna be looking at a lot of good oh, right. stuff coming. So. Like I'm, I think the biggest like loss that we have from from the COVID stuff is like not knowing what we're gonna get with Super Nintendo World, because like we would have been and getting... Secret Life of Pets. Oh, I hear if, baby. If, if we don't get some sort of live Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons thing, I will be oh, devastated. Oh uh, yeah, oh, come uh, on, it's fun. Oh no, le- I, lo- I, lo- I I love Animal Crossing. I'm playing it still, but like it's I that's not can, coming to the park soon. <laughs> how can you build a theme park thing on a game based on doing nothing? <laughs> it's true. There's a lot of fishing, isn't there? Yeah, it's just catching bugs. Yeah, just, all, but really, when it comes to Animal Crossing, like all you need is like an Isabel meet and greet, and you're good to go. Oh yeah, Pe- people would lose their minds for that. Yeah, yeah just, like go. a shop, Isabel, Tom Nook. All you need, really. 
Tom Nook, where he charges you exorbitant prices for everything in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, yeah, I, it's just been absolutely fascinating to see all this, you know, the new stuff open. So some of the restaurants um, that have been opening recently, um, uh, Len, I, I, I don't know if you pulled up any information on this, but like one of my, one of my favorite restaurants I've been to recently was Takume Thai. Oh, yeah. What'd you have? Um, we actually um, went uh, with the uh, the chef's pairing uh, with the alcohol. So we got the five courses with, with the, uh, the... Oh, you did chef's table? No, we didn't do the chef's table. We just went oh, you did, oh, you did pairing. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, what did you think? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> we got... Oh, yeah. It was a, it was an incredibly memorable meal. We got, like, the amuse-bouche. We got... Well, the Japanese version of amuse-bouche. Um, Japanese version of amuse-bouche, right? Yeah, exactly. Then we got, like... Um, we, got, we had the sushi. We had uh, the braised beef. Uh, but it was like a bone. Hey, Nick. Mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, braised beef, uh, the, the wagyu short ribs with like on the yeah. on the bone, fantastic uh, wagyu beef two ways. We had the uh, water droplet cake for dessert. That's uh, the with, strangest thing to me. There was I the one not, thing that I, it, I didn't like it. It wasn't great. It, and then you had the uh, the the green tea ceremony. Yeah. And then we had a few. Uh, I think we had like three or four drinks paired with it. Absolutely wonderful service. Probably the best meal I've had in, on Disney property, including uh, Napa Rose. So, have you been to Victorian Alberts? I've not been to Victorian Alberts. No, I have not. Okay. But I, yeah, I've, I think, I think the, I've heard it's, it's top five. Top five. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, so the, the couple of times I've been there, once I did the chef's table. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic. Presentation was excellent. The, uh, the theming was perfect. Everything about the meal was was exceptional. Um, the the ratings on it too are, are are pretty good. They're they're above average right now. It's about ninety percent thumbs up for our readers. And I think the ten percent that are there are put off by the prices, which but is totally fair and understandable because it's not cheap. It's it's not cheap, but it's 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 very expensive, especially for a theme park restaurant. But the quality is there, right? I think it. I think it. I think. There, I think there are two two I, things, right? One, the uh-huh. the cost. Two, I think people are expecting Benihana. Well, yeah, that's exactly. Not what, that's not what this is. Yeah, I, I would say but, that, I would say it's a good value though. Like, for, oh, oh, yeah, for a special evening out, yeah, get dressed up and go. Yeah, it's it's a good value. Like the the night I went was the last night of Illuminations. <laughs> so like oh, I would, so okay, like well, like we I went, was there. I, was there. <laughs> I, I know we I know I know we never met up, but like everything was crazy, and I was there with uh, uh Meg. Uh, and we still we stood on the bridge uh, to the Odyssey and watched Illuminations for one last time. Uh, back when we <laughs> trying to avoid you know, the I, rain. I, I just want to point out that the world has kind of gone to hell in a handbasket since we got rid of Illuminations. Oh, this is I, a good point. Could, maybe, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. Is this a we go on joke? <laughs> uh, could be, but also they got rid of the Tapestry of Nations music after. I know. Parade. So maybe they need to kind of bring that all back and it would be all good. Mm. I don't know. Just, there's just well, no what other places there. have you uh, have eaten it that are other than So there? the big one that all of us at, because we're Universal heads, you know us, um, yep. is a Big Fire uh, at Universal. Have you, have you been there, Len? I have not been, been there. Oh, man. Big Fire. Uh, Sean. Sean. My cowboy ribeye. Yeah, Sean, do you want to talk a little bit about Big Fire? Because I've like I can add on to what you say because I've been there like three I hate or four all times. of you. I've been there. I've been there four times, 
<laughs> so, Sean, do you want to kind of go into your meal that we had together? Well, it was it was a most triumphant day. <laughs> we finally got on. It was. It, I, I finally got on Hagrid's, um, which was incredible. Uh, got a front row motorbike seat on Hagrid, which was double incredible. Uh, and then, yeah, we went to Big Fire. Um, I got the 16 ounce cowboy bone and ribeye. God bless you. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, medium rare. And it was no, no lie. I get, I mean, I order steak out a lot because my, uh, my wife doesn't eat red meat. So it's something that I order out all the time. Yeah. When you're not, yeah, I understand. Those are um, those and, are really good prices for those things. Thirty eight dollars yes. for a ribeye, a sixteen inch ribeye. It's a very reasonable yeah. price, yeah. And it, it, it was it was double that in in Disney. One of the best steaks I've ever had. It was really? that. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, the drinks were great. Uh, I tried the smoked old fashioned and the smoked beer, which were both really good. Mm. Uh, old delightful. Yeah, it was. Uh, I wanted to go back. We that was. That meal I had we, was during Horror Nights, and then uh, me, my wife, uh, went down to visit my sister, who lives down there, and we were going to go th- that night, but it was like a 45-minute wait, and we decided just to go to Anahitos, which had a zero-minute wait, but yeah, I'm dying to get back there. Yeah, I mean, the menu looks fantastic. My, my family's is obsessed with it. Really? What, uh, what do you get when you're there? I've never been, but my family is like obsessed with the old fashions and the burgers oh, and everything. Okay. They just—I don't know if they liked anything else at Universal, but that. Like they're just obsessed <laughs> with Big Fire. I mean, the burgers are half. That's all I ever hear about. A half pound burger for sixteen dollars—that's a good deal. So the uh, the reader ratings for Big Fire are fantastic, like ninety-six percent mm-hmm. thumbs up. In fact, uh, of the you know fifty-ish people who've that have rated it, there have been two that that didn't like it. That would question the. The the judgment of those two people, right? Like, yeah. So so my thing with Big Fire. So I went there. I, I've been there a few times. But the big thing I love there is they have um, two appetizers that are to, to die for. They have a they have the baked bread, which is like okay, you know they don't offer free bread, but it's like four bucks. You know, it's like a really good hearty bread with um, I think it's a peach preserves and butter, yep. which is fantastic, yep. and then a like a mussels. Like a mussel platter. And they come and they bring out this giant thing of mussels and they pour the butter right on it. And it's just super hot so it all smokes Dude, up. I, I have eaten here. I did eat here. I, I, sorry, I was trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is where uh, – it's where um, – uh, Emerald used to be. Emerald used to be. Yeah, exactly. I did eat here. No, the steaks are fantastic. Yeah, I, I remembered it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's, I had it's an absolutely wonderful restaurant and – like they had a lot to live up to, and I think they totally did a good job with it. And the thing that you reminded me was the uh, the skillet. Now, when I got something, it was what do they serve? Do they serve a? Uh, do they serve the stuff off the embers? Are those served in skillets? All of them? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. they all are. So I tried the salmon, the pork chop, and the strip. Okay. And I loved all of them. I've had the pork chop; that was great. I had the lamb, which was delicious, but a little overpriced. Mm-hmm. It was it was small. It was it was kind of one of those things where it's like thirty six bucks and you only get like three lolly, three or four lollipops, and I'm like, oh, okay, no, you know, that's a lot for yeah, yeah, especially when everything else is like super cheap. 
Um, so I, I happened to I happened to crash the dinner of some friends, and that's how I ended up with the three entrees. <laughs> what um, so I didn't I get, didn't get a chance to do the starter. So what besides the bread did you like? So the mussels are fantastic. The mussels, okay, I'll absolutely that. fantastic. Have you, guys, have you tried the Brussels sprouts? Um, I hear they're wonderful, but I've never had them. Did you know that uh, the Brussels sprouts in the last ten years uh, are completely different? Uh, Brussels sprouts grown in the last ten years are completely different um breed than what we grew up with like there there's a they're completely different cultivar that are bred not to be bitter is this sort of like how bananas have changed in the past 50 years len well they're all all cavendishes right all bananas are cavendishes um but yeah but but it's all one species yeah so it's it it, they're it's brussels sprouts are now bred for taste huh interesting Go figure. And that, that's why they're more. That's why you're seeing them more and more on menus because they're not as bitter, and you can uh, you can do things with them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear the Brussels sprouts are great. Um, yeah, Laurel makes some really really good Brussels sprouts. Yeah, um, uh, put them in a sheet pan with uh, olive oil and oh yeah, salt and pepper and roast them. Yeah, mm, tasty you know stuff. The, so so here's the super secret. Uh, get the get the actually preheat the uh, the sheet pan and then oh, put so them on there, so that gets the good char. So, I thought the secret was bacon grease. I mean that too. <laughs> bacon grease. Bacon. You put it in. Mix it oh, with yeah. Brussels, Brussels sprouts and bacon are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think Big Fire does have that. Also, I so so at Big Fire, I also had the um the uh what the pasta with the portobello mushrooms and mm, like you went to a place stuff. called Big Fire and you ordered pasta. <laughs> I no, someone else ordered it and I tried it. <laughs> mm. I got okay. the that's when I got the lamb. Um, have you tried the uh, fried chicken? I've not tried yeah. the fried chicken. I think Meg did. <sighs> Dude, the next time we're, we're there, next time we're all in Florida, man, we gotta go. Okay, I'll let you uh, September. know. September. I'll let you know. September! September. Knock on wood. More about that later, actually. Yeah, knock all on right. wood. Yeah. <sighs> um, so, also, like, um, how, how have the restaurants been rated in um, Riviera and all the other new lo- locations at Disney? Because we haven't been, so I don't know necessarily, but, like, how, how have all those been rated? Uh, Topolino is doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, place at the top of the Riviera. I heard it it's has like, a great. Uh, I, I saw Tom Bricker and his wife had been there, and they're like, and it's a great character breakfast. Yeah, in fact, I had I did character breakfast with them. It was uh, <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great location. Service is excellent. Great views at night. Some really good server teams. In fact, my all time favorite server team in Walt Disney World is currently at Topolino. That's fantastic. Um, 97% thumbs up from our readers. Really, really good. The uh, the other place that I like is the place at the on the first floor of Riviera. Was that Primo Piano? Sure. Have you been there? Sure. No, I haven't. No. <laughs> yeah, Primo Piano. Um, right. So it's counter service at the Riviera, but uh, it's sort of like an open kitchen idea. Um, mm-hmm. Breakfast is phenomenal. They'll do uh, vegan breakfasts. Like a vegan sausage, really? With, with um, yeah, with vegetables, and it's and, uh, and I think it comes with fake egg, but it's super tasty. Um, and then the regular breakfasts are also really really good. I've been there for lunch. Um, just overall, I really like both the places, both the the counter service and the sit down place at Riviera, and I also like their um, their coffee place in the morning, uh, or, or sorry, in the afternoon for pastries. Ooh, yeah, so uh, so Riviera are really good dining. It's a little expensive in terms of the rooms, mm-hmm. I think, but but overall, and I, I'm I'm not quite sold yet on the grounds themselves, but overall, I think the uh, the dining um, in the regular rooms 
at Riviera, fantastic. Those uh, did uh, Bricker t- uh, tell you about the room that he stayed in, one of those tower view rooms that sleeps two people? Uh, I, I heard it on the Disney Dish, but let's pretend that our all our listeners that? haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> the the interesting thing about these rooms at the Riviera is they're in sort of a corner turret, and there are um, I think three of them uh, in in each turret on each wing of the the building. And they're, I think, 215 square feet, 220 square feet, the smallest rooms on Disney property. And in fact, they're so small that like the uh, the studios at Art of Animation, sorry, like the uh, the rooms at Art of Animation, there's actually a bed that folds up, a Murphy bed that folds up. So you have space during the day. And so we, we had, I had dinner and I hung out with the Brickers a little bit during the day. And so at night, uh, we were sort of, I, I was in a two bedroom, they were in the tower studio. We were sort of trading rooms so we could all get photos, right? Because that's, that's that's what Disney blog people do, right? Um, so we I uh, showed them my room, and then you know, we go down to their room, and I, I knock on the door, and I go in, and immediately have this vibe of like The Shining. <laughs> it's the room is dark and it's small. In fact, the room is is so small that you know, like when you're when you're talking. Even when you're when you're in person, even with your friends, you've got a, a a personal space bubble, right? the The room was so small that in order for all three of us to have our personal space bubbles, Sarah Bricker had to stand in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's how small the room is, and it was dark. I mean, it was dim, and I think the way that they painted it did sort of like a, a grayish tone did not help at night. During the day, I guess it's fine because there are enough windows, but at night the windows are black. Because it's dark outside. The, the most cheerful place in that room, 220 square feet, was the bathroom. Like if you if you wanted to 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 relax in the room, the thing you would do was try and pull a chair into the bathroom and sit in there, because that was where the best lighting was and where it didn't feel like like everything was closing in on you. One of the worst rooms, probably the worst set of rooms on Disney property. Horrible. Wow. Not good. And it was like five hundred dollars a night. Oof. Yeah. So that were, there's no way. There's just no way. Um, my room, the 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 two bedroom was, was fantastic. Fourth floor, tons of space, huge bathrooms. In fact, this two bedroom had three separate bathrooms. <laughs> which what was? Yeah, it, really nice. It, um, it's great because you know in the in the second bedroom you've got two queen beds, right? Mm-hmm. So you could have, um, you know, two. You could have each group of people, right? Each each bed's worth of people getting ready in, in a separate bathroom at the same time. Yeah, I really like the layout of the, the two bedrooms at Riviera. Super expensive, but very, very nice room. Really liked it a lot. Nice. So um, how's uh, Destino Tower doing? Destino's really good. Have you guys stayed in the club level rooms there? No. <laughs> Len, no. <laughs> no. I had a drink with <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. That's fine. That's fine. We we get down there once or twice a year, let alone like getting in the, 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 like club level. Club levels. Yeah. L- Len, so, I would so love we, to say yes. When your chauffeur drops you off. <laughs> no. The reason I ask is this: is uh, you can you can get club level rooms there um, for three hundred and fifty dollars a night. Ooh. And, okay. and it's, it's it's two hundred dollars a night cheaper 
from the next cheapest club level room in Walt Disney World. And it's it's a really good club level room. I think it's one of the best in Walt Disney World. Again, just okay. like Topolino at at, um, at Riviera, fantastic mm-hmm. views, excellent service in the club. Rooms, the rooms to me, like you could swap out some light fixtures and some some wallpaper and you could be in the yacht club. I mean, the rooms aren't especially themed. They're nice, don't get me wrong. They're comfortable. If you've stayed in a, in a, in a business-oriented convention hotel in a major metropolitan city, you will un, you'll like this, right? It's, mm-hmm. er, everything works. Um, everything's spacious. Bathrooms are nice. Tons of good water pressure. It's all fine. Um, but the lounge is really the, the value there. And I'm really surprised Disney hasn't raised the prices for that lounge yet. Like it's been, you can find consistent deals in the three hundred fifty dollars a night range for club level, and I would eat, you know, breakfast and dinner there. The other thing I like about it, if you just wanted to grab a beer in the lounge, you can walk in, go to the cooler, grab a beer, and go back to your room. Don't have to ask anyone for it. That's like a hundred dollars there a day, right there. Right, right. It's <laughs> probably ten each one. Yeah, um, yeah. It really, really good lounge. I think you know the stuff that they've been doing, that Disney's been doing, has been. Above average over the last year, consistently. Nice. That I I think that's the like the kind of the big thing, like especially when you're coming out of like, you know, like the mid two thousands up like till like twenty ten to twenty twelve of like Disney stuff where you're like, oh boy, I can't wait to see Captain Jack Sparrow adventure thing at Hollywood Studios. (laughs) Like you know we're we're kind of getting that like oh boy Dinosaur Cafe you know like getting these high quality editions especially like. Again, remember, not that long ago, we were just welcoming in Morimoto and Jaleo uh, uh, yeah. and all, all those fantastic restaurants that I still haven't been to yet. But, like, all those fantastic restaurants that have just come into Disney Springs. And it just – it kind of blows my mind. Like, like, and even Universal was, like, you know, adding all their stuff in in, like, 2014, 2015, 2016 to CityWalk. Yeah. And, and yeah. how that leapfrogged. And now they've been leapfrogged. So they need to leapfrog again. So it's just, like it, – it really is just <laughs> – yeah, yeah, competition's great. Um, just absolutely seeing how and like and, and Universal's been upping their game with um, uh, Confisco Grill at, at Islands Adventure. Completely redid their menu with like a new head executive chef. They've been. Uh, oh, I know. I gotta have to go back and try it when it opens. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, I would love to go to a theme park too, Len. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, like to go to a theme park. But like they added um like uh a bon me and like sticky uh mm. sticky ribs and, and a bunch of other like great stuff and and it's just interesting to see how these parks are like really trying to evolve the food and everything and like it, yeah. it and you can all kind of look back to like Harry Potter and like you know like bring yeah that's right you know you know like Chef Jason saying we're flying in fish daily we're you know dipping them into we're dipping them in fresh. Every time we make them, and we and we're making them fresh for every customer, and you kind of see that boiling through through Disney and like even Pandora. Like look look at the menu they have there for food when you um at uh skip not Skipper Canteen, Satuli <laughs> Canteen, yeah Satuli Canteen, the other canteen, one of the highest rated quick service restaurants in uh, in any theme park. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't been, but I need to go. That's the only you haven't been really. Oh, well, it's. it's- I mean, it, it's probably like day in, day out, the most consistently good yeah. quick service restaurant it's in the theme park I've ever been to. <laughs> it, I mean, it is, it is, that's but, but at, yeah, but that's fine, right? And for a theme park, that wins, right? A lot of the time, mm-hmm. it's going to win. Yeah. 
I mean, no, I think they've been they've been doing really good stuff. Yeah. So the two times I've been to Pandora was once was right after going to a Kiki's in Orlando, so I was stuffed to pancakes. Yeah. Um, the other time was for after hours, so it wasn't open, and I just went to Jico. So I'm like, you know. But anyway, Len, uh, we're gonna we'll close out with a few last questions, and then we'll let you go because I don't want to keep everyone too long. Because we've been trying to record forever. <laughs> so but just so you know, we're more on the endless summer level of uh, budgets. <laughs> have, you, have you have you stayed at Surfside Inn yet? Hell yes. yeah. I've, yeah. I've been twice. I love it. Besides besides the same things that you complained about, Len, we love the it. The pillows yes. are, are like the bedding. The towels are probably problematic. Yeah. The, yeah, and the towels, towels are terrible. An, the towels are an exfoliant. <laughs> the the pillows are a crime against humanity. But other than that, I but mean, you can't hit that deal, <laughs> right? I mean, Universal knows. I, I still think I think Cabana Bay is the best value resort in Orlando. Like I've and I've, I've told people, yeah, oh yeah. When I've when I've done conventions in Orlando, instead of staying at the convention hotel, I've stayed at Cabana Bay, mm-hmm. and and then just driven over to or you know Ubered over to Orange County Convention Center just because I like the yeah. hotel. So, Len, for Endless Summer, when I went down for a long weekend in January, which, by the way, feels really prescient right now that I went down right before everything uh, hit the fan, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I stayed three nights in Endless Summer. I, got, I booked a one-bedroom room, and it was like $82 right. a night, annual pass holder rate. I go and check in, and they're like, oh, Mr. Matt, nice to meet you. Uh, well, we have uh, an upgrade for you. <laughs> so I spent like – myself in the two bedroom suite <laughs> like you know like the, the the standard two bedrooms there yeah like yeah. for 82 dollars a night <laughs> and endless summer like <sighs> you really can't beat that so good and i no. think i think no. for, for september when we're going for halloween horror nights uh i have a, a two bedroom at dockside booked mm. i think it's an average of 87 or 89 dollars a night yeah, that's phenomenal. The one thing I wish they had two bathrooms in the two bedroom. Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. I I think I think one of the good things is that um, they learned from the size constraints that Cabana Bay had. Um, yeah. that they kind of improved that layout. Because um, yeah, that's true. Do I like the layout better? Because one of the things I, is like Lowe's is Lowe's first um, designed value resort was Cabana Bay. Um, they just don't put their name on it. So they got to redo it again with Endless Summer. And I like the layout of Endless Summers a little bit better. It makes more sense. Well, three real beds is big, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not that's, having to pull out as one of the beds. Yeah, that's that, true. That's really ah, nice. You know, yeah, I, see, I see your point about the layout. I like the, I think that I like the theming of Cabana Bay a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I, and I... Food and, and drinks. Yeah, better food. And, yeah. I, I think, I, I think, yeah, I think the amenities are good. To, um, but again, for the money, right? The other thing, the money you can't beat. The thing that I really liked about Surfside, though, uh, so I got there opening day, mm-hmm. um, and in fact, it was, it, and I was there like as it opened, like at eleven o'clock or whatever. <laughs> in fact, it was. They were still trying. They still had the um, the air blowers outside on the carpet, trying to dry the carpet because it had just been shampooed. <laughs> and and there was there was a one of those blowers was literally in front of my room, and it was loud. But the thing that impressed me the most was I closed that door and I didn't hear anything. The soundproofing, yeah. but I mean, and to, and to have really good soundproofing in a value resort means someone was really thinking yeah. about 
what guests were going to go through, you know, when they were staying there. And that was really impressive to me. So there's a really good analogy. So I'm, I'm a tech guy. So I, I'm like, I'm working on all my stuff right now. So one of the things that uh, just came out recently was the $400 iPhone, the iPhone SE. Mm-hmm. So it's it has like, you know, it looks like an iPhone 8, but it has all the new internals. And someone put it and they said, this is what happens when you try to build a phone that's $400. When you say, hey, what can we add to a $400 phone? As opposed to saying, how can we get a phone down to $400? I feel right. like that's kind of like what what uh, uh, Endless summers, Summer is, is where it's, how can we make a hotel room that is $100 a night, you know, standard, as opposed to saying, how can we get a hotel room down to $100 a night? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, like, you're looking at how they're trying to add all this value. And, like, you know, sheets, towels, bedding, that's things you can add. And hopefully they do add that because every time they send me a uh, survey, every time I, I go there, <laughs> that's the first thing I had every time. Make sure you're be- better, better bedding, better pillows, better towels. The, um, give me the pillows. I was okay with the towel even. I was like, it was, for me, it was the pillow. Well, yeah. because they're, they're too short to be one, but they're too tall to be two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, they're, it's it, it was the height. Yeah. So it's mm. like, it's like this weird middle ground, but like, I I, th- I really enjoy the resorts because it feels like they went and said we want to make a room for this amount of money, and we're gonna max it out. And like they like they clearly cut corners. This is not a Polynesian resort. It's not anything like that. Yep. You know, it, it, but like they're trying their best to do a hundred dollar resort as opposed to saying let's cut back another resort and make it a hundred dollars. So that's right. kind of my oh. approach to it, and I, that's why I appreciate it and love it. It's a good. Uh, it's a good approach. Yeah, and um, have you seen the uh, food and drink offerings at Dockside, Len? <laughs> I haven't yet, and that was the, my my big question because of, of all yes. the things that I, like, I I really like Surfside. I thought again, yeah. rooms were good value. Um, I thought the pool area was was good enough for what it was. My my one concern was the size of the dining in Surfside relative to the size of the hotel. Like, was there going to be enough? Dining so, capacity for everyone. So every every time I ate at Surfside, there was plenty of space. Um, I, okay. I I just think people go to. I think that's kind of the the market where people just go to the parks. You know what I mean? They just go to yeah. the parks and they eat there. Eat there. Um, the food quality I thought was under par. I'll be blunt. Um, not something I loved, but this is where things get interesting. Um, at Dockside, they have an indoor bar. So Ooh, they, really? have, they have 16 taps, and they also offer a pool bar and an indoor bar where they offer drinks that are named after the Wet n' Wild slides. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, they, they also offer them for an additional amount of money in like a little yeah. like pail, like a little bucket, like a top. sand bucket. You know what I'm hey, talking wait, about? They didn't, they, yeah, they didn't do the press event for this, did they? How, how do you know well, that? They did do this. Stuff happened, bro. Well, okay, they, they, right. did, they did do this. They did do the press event, but it was right before everything broke. And yeah. uh, okay. All right. I asked questions to friends who have relayed it back to me. Uh, but, like, I think um, a bucket of, like... So, like, they had all the drinks, you know, like... I think they had, like, the Disco H2O and, you know, all that stuff. 
But like they yeah. had buckets of this liquor, and it was like sixteen to eighteen dollars for a thirty-two wow. ounce drink, which I'm like, um, that's, that's a great I, price. Uh, yeah, it's like I hope you're trying to sell this to two people because that's a lot of drink for one person. But yeah, uh, um, if they can actually execute better quality on the food at Dockside and bring it back to Surfside, I think that'll be golden. Um, it really comes down to some of the ingredients and preparations, but that's good to hear. Yeah, I'm 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 super excited. I actually, so they had a really cool little like um souvenir, which was like it looked like a little pier, and it said Surfside or Endless Summer Surfside. I'll send you I'll send you a photo of it, but it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, talking talking about uh, last things, <laughs> touring plan movie nights, Len. Right. So one of the things we we decided uh, that we needed to do was to sort of keep the community together was to have an event that we could all share virtually. Um, and we came up with this idea, one of our liners did, um, of doing a movie night every Friday night at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And where we would all watch the movie and then either on Lines Chat, uh, on our Lines app, uh, chat about the movie or on Twitter using the hashtag, uh, hashtag liner movie night. Uh, talk about the movie. And uh, so the, I think the first one was Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. That we watched, which my favorite Pixar movie, so I got to pick that one. That was great. Um, but every week we uh, we ask people to nominate a film. We take the top four nominees. We do a Twitter poll um, to see which one to watch, and then the number one movie we'll watch Friday night at eight p.m. The number two movie we will watch Saturday at two p.m. Uh, sorry, <sighs> Saturday at, uh, at ten a.m. Sorry, it's our matinee for our British friends. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, we've done we uh, last week it was I believe all the days are running together. Uh, it was uh, was it Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, that was two weeks ago. I think it was Emperor's New Groove last week. Yeah. No, it was last it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've done Mary Poppins. We've done Ratatouille. We did Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion, which oh. uh, oof, yeah, that was <laughs> tough to get through. But we did. It was fine. Um, and I'm not sure what this week is. I think we're doing we're still doing the poll. Uh, as we're recording this, but we'll know tomorrow what it is. But yeah, uh, join us uh, 8 p.m. Friday nights with the uh, hashtag Lender Movie Nights on, uh, on Twitter. Yep, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Eastern, uh, Eastern. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to definitely join in this coming week and vote for whatever movie that's going to be. Hope, praying for a uh, Universal movie this week. That'd be that'd be nice, like Potter or something like that. Well, you know what, like a Universal Parks related movie jaws 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 (laughs) yeah one of the rides no longer featured like earthquake 1976's classic earthquake (laughs) you don't want to watch that it's not very good probably not (laughs) so um also so two last questions len we'll let you go sure first of all would you ever go to halloween horror nights len yes (laughs) this is what finally this is what the most important question of the day. This is what Mike wanted to wait for. <laughs> I've so I've done it. I've done something similar, and uh, when I did the book on British theme parks, I did a uh, a house based on the Saw movies, mm-hmm. and that it was great. I mean, it was super thrilling. Um, very creepy. It was great to go through with British people because they're both scared and polite at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like jeepers! You've you know you've you've scared, you've really scared scared me. Um, whereas you know I just wanted to punch everyone because I was so scared. Completely different, you know, different things growing up. 
the the thing that I think is off-putting to me is uh, I you know the stories I hear about drunk people. Okay, it's yeah. a little it's a little overblown. Yeah, okay. a little. Um, I don't think I don't think it's any worse than what you see at Epcot Food and Wine. Oh, okay. no, definitely no, not no, that no, bad. No, no, no. Than, than a Food and Wine Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I would probably do it. I, I'd probably want to stay at a Universal Hotel uh, just for you know ease of transportation and just getting back and forth because doing doing that all night and then having to get on a bus just don't, doesn't sound like my idea of fun. Yeah, but you don't need to do anything during the day. Yeah. No, so, yeah, yeah. So you just you take off during the day, right? It's yeah. well yeah, some yeah. of us do. So <laughs> my suggestion always is like if you want to do like one day at Halloween Horror Nights, they last Oof. year they had a um a ticket where you could actually like add like twenty dollars onto your Horror Nights ticket and you could actually mm. go into the park at like three o'clock and they close the gates at five, so you could do the stay and screen, which means you stay in the park while they sweep everyone out. And then they open the park, and then you get like a half an hour, like extra time to like get in lines and do houses and stuff. Um, so I think that's a good that's a good way to do that if you're gonna just do it one night. And plus, like, just go go to Hard Rock, you know, it's right there. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, you know, I think the, the last the last time I was like really really drunk at Universal, I, I, I <laughs> ate it. Uh, I ate at Hard Rock like late one night. Isn't the kitchen open to like two AM or something? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And I was exhausted too at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, do you know what, Len? If 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 they're doing Halloween Horror Nights in September and I'm there, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna message you and see if we can do this. Because first of all, it's the thirtieth anniversary. So they're gonna do a bunch of hot like anniversary stuff. So you oh, know, whatever. Great. But like hey. We'll see how it goes. Plus, man, after all this, after all this quarantine and all the actual <laughs> horror that's going on, horror nights will be exactly. Yeah. It's going to be like nothing. You're going to be like, there will be hugs. There'll He's be not wearing a mask. Run. <laughs> 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 to quote, to quote our previous guest, Justin McElroy, is that Babadook on a bench? <laughs> is he waving at us? <laughs> um, last, uh, last uh, question, Len, and something mm-hmm. you can just lead off on. Uh, do you want to uh, talk about uh, Disney Dish and any other things that you do? Sure. I do this podcast with Jim Hill. It's called uh, The Disney Dish. It's over at uh, DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. We do a, an episode on iTunes every Monday where we talk about um, theme park news, theme park history, and then we do Bandcamp exclusive shows uh, where we'll talk about uh, in-depth designs of things like attractions. We'll do um, research projects. Like We've done a whole thing on a whole series on unbuilt rides that uh, that Disney never did. Um, did I tell you guys about my uh, my my saga with Disney Music Publishing? Yeah, this saga is great. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Were you having uh, eight four in, in uh, orchestrated? Yeah. So real quick, I um, I went to uh, the Buddy Baker archives at New York University. Buddy Baker was a, a composer for Disney. He started. They were hired by Walt himself. Um, before Disneyland opened, worked through the year 2000 um, and did like classic Disney music. So I was going through the archives and I found sheet music for rides that never got built. Like I found sheet music for the original take of Frozen that Disney was going to do back in the 70s. And I found sheet music for the unbuilt Africa pavilion in the first take on Universe of Energy and the first version of American Adventure. So I... I, I have the sheet music. Uh, I make copies of it. I hire 
musicians, producers, and singers to, to do the music live so we can talk about it in the show. And Jim, Jim records the show, right? Jim does all the research that has, has these wonderful stories about what the attractions were supposed to be. And the idea would be that as Jim's explaining this, you know, I'm pausing the, uh, the show to actually play the music, which people, no one has ever heard before, right? But now, now I have it, right? I have nine tracks of music no one's ever heard before. Um, so one of the things we need to do is we need to get permission from Disney to do it. I figured, how, how, what are they going to charge me? $500 a track. I mean, how much could they charge me for licensing for this stupid podcast? It's, right? it's one banana, Michael. How much will it cost? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I write to them and they wrote back and they said, we're not going to license it. I'm like, it, it means, is there, is there, is there is, and, and the thing is with Disney, right? And, I think this is true for lots of corporations. They can't find a reason to say yes, so they say no. They were really nice. I asked them, like, you know, is it because you don't like me or Jim? Like, is this, is this about the podcast? Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm told, look, I'll send you the script, right? You, you, and we'll record it exactly as it is. And they're like, no, we just, you know, just don't want to license it. Okay. So, anyway, I, ha- I have them. We just can't play them. But, uh, but yeah, that's that. Anyway, that's the podcast. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, disappointment. But I mean, there's some stuff we 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 do have that's, that's really great. Um, like I said, the uh, the stuff that we did on Unbuilt Attractions. That there's a whole series there of things that lots of people uh, have have never heard about. Like all the stuff about the Australia Park around the Sydney Olympics in the year 2000. That that was all crazy. Um, and you can find me, of course, at touringplans.com. So I'm one at touringplans.com. Fantastic. And and uh, I you're not on Twitter anymore. You're kind of quiet. So no. Yeah. I gave hey, up. No, that's totally fair. That that's what I should do, honestly. <laughs> you know, it, it gave Amen. me like about an hour a day, dude, and uh, you know, not for nothing. It's uh, I can use the hour a day. Yeah, man, talk to me about it. Yeah, I totally understand. So, uh, closing out. Uh, everyone on right now? We're all good. Okay, cool. So, uh, Lane, where can we find you at? Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of unbuilt attractions in Discovery <laughs> Bay, this week I was looking up Seas stuff. And oh. I found out about the character Jason Chandler. Everyone, that's your homework. Look up Jason Chandler. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, you don't need to find me on the internet. I agree with Lynn. Get your life back. Don't get on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Mike, call your brain. friends, though. Call your friends. Yeah. Mike, what's going on, man? All right, guys. To the entire world, things will get better. Things will get normal again. We will survive this. I love you. Um, everything's great. It'll get better. Hang on, and I'll see you in the fog. Um, Kungalush. Fantastic. Uh, Nick. Is Nick still here, or is he muted? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Nick, uh, where can we find you night. at? Online. <laughs> okay, fantastic. <laughs> the Information Superhighway. It's the web. I'm there. Fantastic. <laughs> Sean. What up, buddy? Yo. Where can we find you online at? The twits. The Twitters. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm Fantastic. There. Cool. You won't see me in, in the fog this year, but that's because <laughs> I have uh, a child coming the month before, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally fair. Uh, you can find all of us at Parkscope or at Touring Plans on Twitter. Uh, we post a bunch of podcasts and posts and videos on Parkscope.net. And, you know, we haven't done this in a while, so I'm going to let Michael do this one. 
and he knows it's coming up. Mike, would you like to lead us out? I dedicate this to my mom who's listening. Love you, mom. Love everybody. <laughs> Hate everything. Kungaloosh! Kungaloosh! <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. Or right, good day. Or good day or have a good day. <laughs>